God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. Child, it is your raggedy friend who is always 15 minutes late to every function you invite her to. Um, Have you had your appetizers yet? Did you guys already go ahead and order for me? It is that time of the week for us to have girl time. And what would girl time be unless I was a little bit late? I have to be authentic to what this moment represents. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So let me fill you in. So every week I get together with a few hundred of my closest friends on Facebook Live and we have the Woman Evolve podcast. The Woman Evolve podcast is my opportunity to have some good old fashioned girl time with women from literally all over the world. North Carolina is in the building Tarsha Paige Brown is in the building. Lanisha, what it be like? First of all, you all need to know a few things about me because you can't see me if you're listening to the podcast. I have on a different wig today. I am giving you my vacation wig from my 30th birthday. Yes, honey, she's curly. She's wet and wavy. And let me tell you why I have on my vacation wig. Because I'm living my best life. Let me tell you something. Weapons may form. It, they may form. But them weapons don't prosper. Let me tell you something about the God I serve and what's been happening in my life. I feel like my life is coming together, okay? I feel like I'm finally getting my stuff together. Do you know that moment where you just realize, like, all of the laundry isn't just washed. It's actually folded and put away. All of the laundry baskets are actually empty. I cooked dinner tonight. I worked out. I did not eat that many carbs, and my hair is still done. That's 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 where I am today. When That moment where you just feel like, you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I am cut out for this. It is just an amazing feeling. And um, that's why I'm late, okay? Because sometimes you be too excited and then you be late, okay? So how about that? How y'all doing? What's going on in your life? Listen, a few things I need to tell you about as well, okay? Because I know you guys like to know what's going on in my world. So let me tell you something. Um, I have discovered something. If you wear wigs like I do, I have something for you, Okay. I want you all to go onto Amazon and to to get a wig grip. Grip, okay? Get a grip of your wig. Because if you are like me, you know that sometimes your wig don't have a grip. And you need to get a grip for your wig. It's called a wig grip. It's some type of velvet band that you lay around your edges. Because let's keep it 100. Sometimes if you have wigs with the combs in on the side, then the combs start to pull on your edges. And then you be str- you got struggle edges. And God did not call us to have struggle edges in this season. God wants our edges to prosper. This is a word for somebody. God didn't call you to have struggle edges. Don't give up on your edges when God is yet alive, okay? And he still has has a word and a promise over your hairline. Don't just let it go like that. And so I just want you all to know 
that you can go and get you a wig grip. I've been using mine. I work out with that wig. I preached in that wig on Thursday and it's still here in the wig grip and it's still gripping. Now, let me tell you, I ordered a bunch of them because if your head is extra large in size like mine, your your grip is going to lose its hold. Okay. But once again, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, okay? So I want you to go on and get you a couple of them grips so that you can stay steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the hair ministry, okay? that That's for free. Did nobody pay me for that? Although they probably should have. You can send me a donation via PayPal. I want you to be out here with your wig just secured, okay? Gwen Robinson says, so help this businesswoman out. Where can I get that wig? Where can you get this wig? Somebody gave me this. First of all, y'all got to stop offering to give me wigs because I don't know how to say no. Wigs just, they just, they move me. Okay, but listen, um, where I get this wig from? This is the wig that I wore in the Father's Day photo shoot for my husband. And so if you go back to that picture I've got on a gold dress and we're with all of my kids. Um, actually, I have on a gold dress and I'm just with my girls. I tagged the company who gave me this wig. It's blessed. It don't tangle. It don't shed. And you see this wet and wavy ministry? It's a whole It's a whole ministry unto itself. We got Mind Your Business ministry and we have this week's ministry. So yes, I want to encourage you to get a wig grip and I want to encourage you to just live your best wig life. What's going on in y'all's life? Have you been working out? Hmm? Have you been drinking your protein shakes? Uh, are you still vegan? Huh? Are people getting on your nerves? Are your bills paid? What happened? Where are you? What's going on in your world? See, this is girl talk. We don't have time for no fake stuff, okay? I'm not going to ask you about the weather, okay? I want to know what's going on in your life. Ricky said it looks small. Child, well, the headphones is bearing it down, but it's big. It, I just brush it on up. Um... So let me see what's going on with my Woman Evolved podcast host tuning in on Facebook Live. Let's see. So Lanisha says, no, girl, I'm going to work out tomorrow. I worked out today and yesterday. And who knows what tomorrow holds because that's how I like to live my life. Um, I'm just glad. Well, never mind. That's too much information too early on in the podcast. But let me just say God is being faithful because I have not been faithful in my diet, but there has been a grace. And I just thank him for that. He doesn't have to do it, but he does it. Latoya Gray says, I love that you blessing us from your closet. Let me tell you, I am in my closet again this week. Maybe you're wondering why. Why is she in her closet? Because she doesn't have anywhere else quiet in her house, okay? I am a stay-at-home working mom, which means that I am at home with two of my children who are homeschooled, two who have graduated, and one two-year-old who just thinks she needs Jesus. Let me tell you. That Ella. Ella went to ballet for the first time uh, yesterday and they gave her like a little fabric, a little glittery fabric to kind of like just twirl in the air. And she's twirling it in the air. Well, everybody else is twirling it in the air. You know where Ella was twirling it? Around her edges. Because Ella said, when I see these scarves in my house, my sisters and my mother are tying their hair down. We don't take these scarves and play with them. So everyone else is just living their best life and doing what the teacher says. And Ella is trying to make sure her edges are protected. And that's what I love about these beautiful children that I'm raising. Okay. Now let's talk about it. Okay. Marcelina says, I need to start back working out. Yeah. It's a struggle. I only eat right when I work out. 
when I don't work out, it just all goes downhill. I think it's something about me working out that makes me feel like I put way too much effort in to just let Chick-fil-A take this for me. I ain't had Chick-fil-A in some weeks. And it's not that I don't want it. I want it every day. I think about it every single day. The only thing is I don't always like how I feel after I eat Chick-fil-A. I know y'all go to Chick-fil-A and you get you a grilled chicken sandwich or one of them wraps and you don't get french fries, you get a fruit cup. But when I go to Chick-fil-A, I order stuff that ain't even on the menu. I want a spicy chicken sandwich. I want pepper jack cheese on it. I want bacon. I want two chicken strips on the side of that in the french fry cart. I want Chick-fil-A sauce. I want Polynesian sauce and I want it all mixed in it together. And that's why when I leave, I need to literally be rolled out of Chick-fil-A. Okay. Denise says she's kickboxing at 630. I'm excited to get in the routine. I used to absolutely love kickboxing. I did that before we moved to Denver. It was a lot of fun. But y'all know I'm doing this Orange Theory or whatever, because that's how I feel about it. Whatever. Um, let's see who else is doing the work of the Lord on the highways and the byways. Misty Eve says, I love the closet. Don't ever leave it. I hid in mine a few times as well. The mom struggle is real. The closet is where God does his best work in my life. Okay. Victoria Taylor says, I'm trying to figure out how to start a business plan. I'll work out one day. Child, you see, and you got to choose because sometimes you can't do everything all of the time. So best of luck to you on your business plan. I highly encourage going on to the Google and seeing what it can tell you about starting a business plan. Shanika says, I tried Orange Theory. I almost died. Let me tell you. I told y'all that they call it Orange Theory because it's hell. And they want you to think that if you go in here, you need to start living right because you don't want to ever end up in that fiery pit. It is where the devil, I just mean, he just tries to push you to your uttermost limit. And the only reason why I keep going is because I just want him to know he didn't win. Every time I go in there, my trainer be looking at me like, oh, you're going to be all right. You're going to make it. You're going to push. You're going to be all right. You're going to go all out. And I think, yeah, I'm going to do it. Now, I know I'm huffing and I'm puffing and I'm sweating like a strong man, but I'm here. And so I'm just trying to wait and go when I feel like I won something. Okay. Amanda, we cannot tour my closet because it's a mess. Let me tell you, my closet has the things that I can wear, the things that I used to be able to wear, and the things that I'm keeping just in case I start to start eating again. That's how I live all of my life. Kina says, sis, what kind of mic are you using? I need that plug. You sound great in the closet. I got a little package off of B&H Audio, something like that. Um, it was a whole podcast kit and it came with two microphones. I'm saying this to tell you, I don't know what kind of microphone it is, but I ordered it on the internet and the internet pushed through. Now I'm going to tell y'all something. Let me tell you about the God I serve. Listen, I am in the closet today. And if you're listening on Facebook Live, I probably don't sound that much different. But if you're listening on the podcast, you may have noticed that I have my life together. And I want to explain to you that I had um, some audio testing today because I was tired of the tricks of the enemy trying to mess with my audio when I'm trying to be excellent in this season. And let me tell you something. We tested that audio and that audio tested us and I am living my best life. Do you hear me? Y'all can't listen. Y'all need to listen on the podcast. When y'all listen on the podcast, y'all gonna see that it's just, it's amazing. All right. So thank you, um, my engineer, 
my audio engineer is very professional. I spend a lot of money on him. He's, he's actually my little brother. He he went to college for this and he owes me so much money from me taking him to McDonald's when I was broke as a bona fide joke. So um, he going to be mixing this podcast to the Lord come back in Jesus name. Amen. Um, someone asked me, why do I homeschool my children? I only, now let's be clear because I want to be honest with you. I only homeschool the children who can be trusted to do their homeschooling. I would not. I thought about homeschooling Mackenzie, but Mackenzie and me and home, oof, it's just because the way Mackenzie likes to do stuff and the way I like to do stuff are two different things that we like to do. And Mackenzie likes to do what she likes to do. And most of the time that's like, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me give you an example. And we're going to rescue Mackenzie today. She's number one on my list. Mackenzie, Sunday after church, I come home and I cook dinner every Sunday after church. It's just the thing. It's how I grew up. I enjoy doing it. Um, I go into my laundry room. There is a red Solo cup, 16 ounces, filled to the brim with lotion in it. Good lotion, too. I mean, that Nivea. Do Have y'all used that? See, y'all probably don't get ashy the way we do. But there's some Nivea lotion that will change your life. And they didn't give me a check for that, but they can send me one to PayPal as well. It's a Nivea lotion, um, and it's called Essentially Enriched. And it is just moisturizing. It's got almond oil in it. Now, it's expensive. And so imagine my shock and awe, my shock and appall when I walked into the laundry room and I see a solo cup full of lotion. And then right beside it, I see some fruit and um, a spray bottle of perfume. And I knew instantly it was Mackenzie. And um, I said, Mackenzie, um, what's happening here? Mackenzie wanted to make some smell good lotion. So she took all of my good expensive Nivea lotion, put it in a Nivea cup and was beginning to experiment. And that's why she's not homeschooled, because I, I want her to make it to the other side. And I'm not sure that she would make it if she lived with me. Um, but I homeschool the other two because we travel a lot and it's easier for us to get time in as a family when we can sometimes just hop on the road and go travel together as a family. Um, so we get to spend time with the older kids on the road. And then when we're home, we get to really get in time with Mackenzie. Luckily, the school that she goes to, she only goes to school for like half a day on one day out of the week. And then she gets out really early the rest of the days of the week. So we're able to make sure that we get adequate time. But her mind, she needs to be constantly stimulated or she's going to have a constant rod on her life. Okay. Um, which brings me to my my first rescue. In case you're listening for the first time, Rescue Eve is a part of the podcast where we take people who are making news in the headlines or in culture because of something they said or perhaps something they did. And instead of dragging them um, in a way that would uh, suggest that they did not make the best decision, we here at the Woman Evolved Delegation believe that there is grace for everyone. And so we try to offer another perspective, a perspective that would allow for us to be a little bit more compassionate when looking at some of these stories. This first story is not making any news in headlines or culture, but it's making news in my life and I want to share it with you. And that is the very blessed Mackenzie who we just spoke about. Um, 
Mackenzie, Mackenzie, Mackenzie. I received a phone call last week before I started the podcast that Mackenzie had been injured. First of all, when they call me from school, they're like, hi, Sarah. I'm like, hey, Chad, how you doing? They're like, oh, I'm good. What you cooking for dinner? And I'm like, listen, I'm going to make me love what you making because that's how often I hear from them. Okay, so Mackenzie's school calls me and they're like, I have Mackenzie here. Mackenzie um, has fractured her toe. That's what Mackenzie says. She has fractured her toe and she, she wants, um, she just wants you to know that. And I say, okay, um, you know, like, what do you want me to do here? Do you want me to come pick her up? And she's like, no, you don't have to come pick her up. We just wanted you to know that she thinks she's fractured her toe. I think, you know, maybe she's being a little bit dramatic. I'm not sure. And I'm like, all right, fine. I said, well, listen, I'm not a school nurse, but I hear that you all have those from time to time. Do you have someone there who can provide a medical professional uh, perspective on this injury that Mackenzie has? The medical professional takes a look and they're like, okay, it is a little bit swollen, so we're going to let her come home. So I, I let Mackenzie come home. Now, let me tell you what Mackenzie done forgot. Mackenzie done forgot that if they send you home with an injury that you can't come back home or come back to the little playground or go back to school doing your living your best life until a doctor has seen you. So I took her to the doctor because if I'm going to pull you out of school, it better be something wrong with you. I take her to the doctor. The doctor's like, put some ice on it, give her a Motrin, let her spray some Windex on it, she'll be fine. And, you know, wait two weeks and she can then go back to PE. So I go, I get the little doctor's note. Now, Mackenzie has to sit in the principal's office because she didn't got a doctor's note because of her fractured toe. Okay. So, wow, this story is really taking longer than I expected, but here, here it is. Anywho. So Mackenzie has to sit in the principal's office. Well, of course, Mackenzie's toe has been healed. Why? Because we serve a healer. He's just amazing. And Mackenzie wasn't playing, but God is so good that he just blessed her big toe with a miracle. And so Mackenzie's walking around with her miracle big toe. Only problem is doctor says she can't play outside for two weeks. Oh, well, now we got a problem. So she's been sitting out from PE. What a little principal going to tell her, um, you can have a friend come sit with you inside. So it's recess time yesterday. Mackenzie is looking for a friend to come sit with her. And I guess one thing led to another on the playground. A little boy came up to her. She told me they were clucking like a chicken and he tried to grab her arm and he was like trying to play fight her. And she said, I was trying to take a light on him, but then he got serious. She ends up pushing the boy down on the ground. He didn't hit his head. And so now Mackenzie is beating up a little boy at school and she needs to be rescued. So can someone help? Kenzie? beat up a little boy at school. And her excuse was she was trying to take it light on him. She was trying to take it light on him. But uh, she actually ended up not taking it that light on him. And so I got a call from the principal, from Mackenzie, about her life. And uh, she's got to stop beating up boys. Amber Lawrence says, well, that escalated quickly, didn't it? How did we go from getting this? And this is a conversation I be having with Mackenzie. Like, how did we go from getting a friend on the playground to you 
feeding a little boy up. Like, you got to break this thing down for me. And let me tell you something. I know it's in there because I've seen Mackenzie with her 15-year-old brothers. And one of her 15-year-old brothers teaches her how to box, which in hindsight, we'll probably have to pull back on that. Because Mackenzie, like, gets in a fighter stance and takes the little boy down. And now I'm on the phone with the principal trying to act like the parent who's so shocked. You know, y'all know if you are a parent, if you're not a parent, maybe you're somebody's child. And you know how your parents have to act all, act all shocked and surprised. Like, oh, oh, my goodness. No, I can't believe that sounds like that is so much different than anything that I have ever experienced from her ever in my life. And that's what here I am on my vo- in, in my voice because, you know, I got my Woman Evolved podcast voice and then I have my professional voice. I like to call it professional. And I am really completely um, disappointed and shocked that she would ever exhibit this level of behavior, certainly with all of the resources and, and boundaries that we have provided for her. She certainly knows that this is not the adequate way that she should be acting. So I'm trying to do all of that. Knowing good and well, when I hang up the phone, me and her going to have to talk, okay? <sighs> I just need to know, can we rescue her? Pam says she was definitely operating in her full healing. Now, that's a word. She was. She was. Briah says this sounds like self-defense to me. She, But see, Briah, I'm almost with you. But she said she told me that everything was fun and games, and then he tried to flex on her a little bit. And see, th- none of this, here, here's why it's not self-defense, honestly, is because Mackenzie should have been in the office. Had Mackenzie been in the office, we would have never been in a fight with the little boy. We are not even a full month into school starting, and here we are. I know I know the front desk we're friends. We go to lunch together. They're a part of the Woman Evolve podcast because of Mackenzie and her life. First of all, they got to let her stop calling me. Can I tell you that Mackenzie will call me from the front office to let me know that her water bottle is empty? They let Mackenzie call me. Is anybody, is this a new law? Because I wasn't allowed to pick up the phone to call my parents until there was an earthquake and I needed to be picked up. Denise says, I don't think she needs to be rescued. She's going to make her way out one way or the other. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's for sure. Lanisha says, we're going to rescue Mackenzie. He needs to man up. Now, see, that's the other thing. Is he? Uh, Shante says, we need to hear her side of the story. Oh, y'all want me to bring Mackenzie back on the podcast? Let me tell you something. The little boy probably thought that they were going to just go, you know, mess with the little girls. They just didn't know that. I'm I'm raising like a warrior over there, okay? And so you're not just going to come up here clucking at us like chickens. First of all, why are you clucking like a chicken? What you trying to say? That I like chicken? You know what I mean? I don't know how she took it. I'm just saying. And then she just rose up on them. And so, listen, that's neither here nor there. Mackenzie should have been in the office. Crystal Jefferson, did you stretch before you reached? She said, where is the proof? Where was the tape? I don't believe it. Let me tell you something. I know it happened. Mackenzie said it happened. Mackenzie literally said I was trying to take it easy on him, okay? (sighs) Tiffany says that she can be rescued. Um, I just want to know. I just want to know if y'all can rescue her. Actually, can y'all rescue me? Because I'm the one who needs rescuing. It's just as a parent, when you see a child just acting just like you, but you have to to tell them that you can't do that 
because you can't just act just like me. You got to act different than me because Mackenzie just, let me tell you something. Now, I'm going to move on in a minute, but what I'm going to say is this. I used to really run up on grown men. There was a season in my life. See, y'all don't know my testimony fully. Some of you do. There was a season in my life where I wasn't nowhere close to anybody's pastor and nowhere close to anybody's leader of nothing. I was just like out here just, I don't want to say living my best life because it was I was living my worst life. It was not the will of the Lord for my life. But in that season when I was doing those things, you know, waitressing at a strip club and just out here just, you know, drinking and smoking. And, you know, I don't want to shock y'all because I know y'all saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But when I was out here rolling them things up, you know, if somebody said something to me that I didn't like, it would be nothing for me to square up on, um, I mean, six two six three. 200, 220, and think that I was going to really do something. So when I see Mackenzie at nine just running up on the little boy, it just, I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> rescue me. Janice says that we can rescue me. Mom needs rescuing. Thank you guys. Please, I need it. I need to be rescued, Okay. Okay, Tiffany says, oh, yes, I do. Throw the bags and let it rip. Okay, listen. Okay, Love Life said, I agree. We got to rescue you, sis. You have a long road ahead with baby girl. I know. Please, y'all, pray for me for real, okay? Latoya says, we must rescue Kenzie. We all know she's just Sarah Jr. She got that gather em up ministry from her mom. I know. Can y'all just pray, okay? Can y'all just pray for me and Mackenzie because, ooh, okay. All right. So that was my first rescue for this week's episode because that's just how I feel in my spirit. And I appreciate you all being along for this journey. And I appreciate all of the prayer requests that are going to come my way as a part of me sharing with such transparency. My next rescue is um, probably... Look, I guess it's just the Lord. My next rescue is a Georgia school that has implemented a new rule that will allow them to discipline misbehaving students by spanking them with a 24-inch wooden paddle. Um, this school is being dragged in the news and in the culture and in headlines because I Obviously, most people subscribe to the notion of don't touch my child. And I also hold a subscription to that very train of thought. But I am just wondering, given recent events, even in this podcast, if there are teachers perhaps listening who would like to say, y'all don't know our struggle and we it would just be nice to have some means of um, retaliation when these kids start cutting up. Um, can is there anybody? Amber Lauren says, "Yeah, it's a no for me, dog." Sherelle says, "Oh no, you won't." Can, now I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna tell you this. I mean, they have to get permission. Would you give your school, your child's school, permission to spank your kids with a wooden paddle? Um, would y'all? Um. No, no, guys. 
Okay, Shani says, it's a hard no for me. Jada says, no, ma'am. Cynthia Keona says, social worker here. That's a hard no, hard no. No, no, no. So it don't sound like we're going to be able to rescue school. Because let me tell you something. Mackenzie beat that little boy up and everything. But had I, now you talking about we'd have all been in jail somewhere. Because if I'd have went up to the school and they told me that they went on and hit her to to put her in line, I'm going to tell you something. I'd, I wouldn't have been able to do this podcast at all today because the level of ignorant that no wig grip necessary. I'm snatching my own wig off for this one right here. But I guess that some see, OK, Raquel Bell, thank you. Speak up. She says I'm on the fence. Let's talk about it. I want to talk about being on the fence because I know for sure that I I would not be able to do that. Um, have my child spanked. Um but I volunteered at McKenzie School one time, and I can see how the rule came up into the conversation. Um, LaShawn says, no, that's big, but a ruler, yes. Well, come on, somebody, okay? Isabel says, I have given permission for a struck discipline, but not with a wooden. Oh, well, praise the Lord. So it's not necessarily that they can't um, spank the children. It's just that they can't do it with a 24-inch wooden paddle. Is that what we're saying here? Is that what's happening? Pam says, I remember you get spanked in school. I remember getting spanked in school for something I didn't do. It devastated me. That was in the 80s. Yeah. Because like, you know, I don't know. Y'all probably don't believe in spanking your kids. But if you are someone who did believe in spanking your kids, see, you don't just spank kids for everything. And I think my issue with it is if I hand over the right to spank my child, I need to know that you're going to use it the way that I would use it. Having said that, my child is beating up kids on the playground, so who knows, okay? Brianna says, um, let's see. Kim says, I came from a school that spanked me with a ruler. I think I needed it. I'm going to tell you something. Now, I don't want them spanking Mackenzie, but I ain't going to lie to you. I think Mackenzie would be acting a lot better if she thought she could get it right there. Laura says, there has to be some form of discipline and consequence. She See, this is what I'm saying, and this is why I wanted to see if we could rescue them. I don't want anyone else spanking Mackenzie, but I know that if Mackenzie knew that she could get spanked by other people, that Mackenzie wouldn't try it. But I don't want, what is that? Am I a double-minded man, unstable in all of my ways? Jasmine closed her eyes and said, I can't imagine it. My eyes are, I'm trying. My eyes are closed. I can't see it happening for my children. Anisha says, the answer is no. Going to jail is not on my agenda. No, ma'am, no, sir. Braids by Keisha says, maybe a ruler. I used to get three licks in the hand in school. I know, child. It's just, oh. Zanisha, thank you. Zanisha is a teacher, and she says, as a teacher, y'all don't know our struggle. I can't imagine it. I'm on the fence. I'm not going to lie, because once again, I can't imagine it. But on the other hand, if I were a teacher, and I know that these kids, because I know, I know Mackenzie is up there trying her teacher. When I went up to the school to meet the teacher just to say, like, hey, lady, here I am. Here's my face. You're going to get used to it, because you're going to just remember who this child is. She's a star, okay? And you're going to want to talk to me a lot about her star them just just coming down a little bit. And so she told me when she knew, when Mackenzie knew that I was coming up to the school that day, that she acted completely differently. She was a totally different child is what she said. She was a totally different child is what she said. Did y'all hear my raggedy cell phone going off? I'm a professional, okay? 
I, that was an accident. Okay. But listen, anywho. So um, I don't know. Brianna says, who's to say how hard they would spank the... I know there's a lot of questions about it. I just want to... I just... Here's... Okay. So we might be able to rescue the school, but we will let the paddle drown until we can figure out the proper way of discipline. I just don't think that they should be getting dragged for the very notion of it because I don't know. Y'all know y'all's kids now, okay? I know mine, okay? So I want to just rescue the school. I want to get the school on the boat. I want to talk to the school like, listen, I know it's hard out here, but are there other ways that we can work this thing out? Deshaun says, everyone don't understand. You can't beat a child for everything. That's right. You know, it's a lot of people don't subscribe to spanking at all, and I want to be respectful to them on here. It is a, LaShondra says, it's a touchy subject. LaShondra says, it's a touchy subject, and I totally agree. So, okay, final vote from the Facebook Live audience. Can you all tell me, are we down for a rescue? Um, Can we rescue the school and drown the paddle? Lisa says, rescue the school. I'm with that. I say we rescue the school and we just understand that like they're in a struggle that we may not all be aware of, but there could be other ways. I just want to rescue the school. I didn't think, I didn't think that it was like a completely just, oh my goodness, how could they ever even suggest this notion kind of idea? And a lot of people did, but I'm like, y'all kids be bad, okay? Um, Chandra says, rescue the school, burn the paddle. I'm with it. Eunice says, the school drowned the paddle. Hmm, okay. Uh, Anisha says, she's all out of boats, so Anisha won't be making room. Um, Ashley says, spanking didn't make me a better child. It made me a sneaky child. It just made me figure out how to do it in a way that I wouldn't get caught. My children respond better to me not spanking them. Did you have to spank them to like, did you ever spank them? Now, I know this is what happens when I start going down the road. P. Sherry says, rescue the school. Jana says, rescue the school, uh, drown the paddle. Asia Lynn says, some teachers might even abuse that. I totally agree. I totally agree. Kelly Kell says, rescue the school and drown the paddle. Okay. Okay. That's okay. And Monica says, I'm not going to spank my kids. I don't feel that it provides total clarity. Yes. Okay. So this is what I want to ask y'all before I move on to the next to the next rescue. Uh, where do we fall on this spanking thing? First of all, let me tell you where we fall. We fall in mind our business ministries. But if we just stood out of the ministry and like maybe the doors of the church ain't open yet, okay. And um, so if we just stepped out of mind in our business for a second, like do, where do we fall on the spanking thing? I will tell you, McKenzie doesn't respond to spanking. You know what I think I'm going to start doing with McKenzie? I'm going to start making McKenzie run laps and do push-ups, like some military style consequences around here. Um, I think another thing, let me tell can I tell, mm, I don't know if I should tell you all this because I don't know all of the legalities, but I will tell you that I did have a moment where I was like, McKenzie being a fashionista is a luxury. So I put her in like a uniform. She had to wear the same thing every single day. I put her hair in like cornrows going straight to the back, uh, like Cleo from Set It Off style. And I was like, when you can begin to walk with the level of, um, of integrity and honesty that is down on the inside of you, then we can have an outward demonstration of that 
and what you are allowed to wear. Until then, like we're not going to have on heels and bomber jackets and you all flying cute, but you can't clean up your room and you don't do what I say do and your mouth is fly. That ain't going to happen. I'm not going to pay for you to be high, high and mighty and you really need to be low, lowly like a servant because that's the way up. And so, but, but, but what y'all think, okay? Sherelle says, personal preference, all children respond differently. I tell you something, my son Malachi probably had one or two spankings in his entire life. Malachi was just a teach, just, he just, let me tell you, Malachi used to punish himself. He would tell me what he did. He'd never get busted. He would tell me what he did. And then he would also tell me the punishment that he felt was adequate. And he would just do it. Okay. It was amazing. Deshaun Gill says, yes, kids do be bad, but the paddle cannot be saved. Maybe the ruler. Okay, okay. Lanisha says, it takes a lot for me to spank my daughter, but she does try it. She has to be on my last, last, last negative nerve for me to pop her. La... I don't know how to say your name, and I don't want to get it wrong, but I'm going to call you L Angel. She said, girl, yes, my mom did that to my brother. He was bullying kids for the way that they dressed, so she brought him, so she bought him light-up shoes, and he had to wear them, acted right real quick. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to use what they enjoy, okay? Like, listen, I stripped McKenzie's room down. We were bare bones. Y'all remember that episode of The Cosby Show before we canceled The Cosby Show because of The Cosby situation where um, Theo thought he was going to move out and be great, and he's like, oh, you ready? move out. Let me show you what it takes to live out in the real world. That's where Mackenzie was at nine. I was like, child, you finna have the same dinner every single night. You, I'm going to do, I'm going to do for you. I'm going to do for you. I ain't going to not do for you. I'm going to do for you, but you, I, you ain't going to be done up. I'm, <laughs> that's a word. I'm going to do for you, but you ain't going to be done up. Um, Okay, what y'all think, though? Shanika says, I took Christmas from my daughter one year. No more issues after that. That's you, boss. Shanika, send me where you get them from. I just, because kids don't need Christmas. Not really. You First of all, you don't even need Christmas. It ain't even about this. And if you do something to cut it up, shoot, my budget will be glad. Play me if you want to. My budget will be glad for you to cut up this year, okay? Be walking around with all of my money in my pocket this year. Okay, how about that? Jessica Ferguson says, I prefer not to spank my kids, but sometimes they need to be popped. Now, what? why y'all think it's the difference between spanking and popping? Hmm. Um, I know because pop is just a little one time and the spanking is re- repeated. How about, what is that? Latoya says, there are so many options for discipline. Spanking can be an option, but not the main option all the time. If I use a strong tone with my daughter, she gets her whole life together. However, my son needs stronger consequences. It's per child, per circumstance. I totally agree. Malachi was always the strong voice child. Um, Let me tell you why I think, and then I'm going to move on from this rescue because here we are again. Let me tell you something, though. I Mackenzie does not respond very well to instant punishment. It's better when it's more of a long suffering because that instant punishment, Mackenzie can forgive herself very quickly. Um, Mackenzie says his grace is sufficient for me. I understand why we came to this point. And now if you're ready to move on, I'm ready to move on. I used to get a spanking as a child and wonder if my parents were ever going to love me again. I used to walk around for days just on eggshells, like, am I breathing too loud? It put a fear down on the inside of me. Mackenzie can get in spanking and then come cuddle up in the bed with me. Like, girl, I was tripping. 
you know, and I understand why you had to do that. Now let's watch a little Disney before I go to bed. And if I'm not careful, I've been done for God because she walks with such power and authority over that grace that I'd be like, oh, girl, yeah, grab the popcorn and, and I'll meet you downstairs. And then here we are. And I done forgot that she's in trouble. Okay. So, okay. Um, the, evidently, for those of you who are wondering, the difference between spanking and popping is that spanking is a full-on production. There's a lighting tech. This is from Lanisha. Spanking is a full-on production. I understand what you're saying, but it's all the same thing because, I mean, we talk about physical discipline. Um, Monica says, popping hurts less. I got popped because I had a smart mouth. I think it, I think the physical discipline is the physical discipline. That's me. Who am I? That's just my opinion. We've all stepped out of mind our business ministries to share in this moment. And pretty soon, I mean, within 30 seconds, we'll be back and the doors of the church will be open. We'll be right back at Mind Your Business. Sadia Gaskin says, that's my daughter. Listen, honey, Mackenzie, Mackenzie knows his grace. Okay. But I do think I'm going to start using them physical, you know, go run up and down the street, squat. I think I'm going to start doing that, okay? Um, okay, so we have gone off on a tangent again, which is totally not like the Woman Evolved podcast, but that's fine. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. That's what we're here for. We're here to have fun, okay? Can we move on to the next rescue, though? I'm ready. This next rescue, I don't know. I think it was all right. Now, let me tell you, I know because y'all have so much integrity and so much team spirit that y'all not going to agree with it. Most of the time, we keep it pretty um, female-centric when we have our rescue stories. But every now and then, a man does something that eases his way into the conversation. And this time, that man um, was Vontae Davis. Now, I know some of you aren't that familiar with football. Vontae Davis plays for the Buffalo Bills, and they were playing on Sunday, and they were losing. It was a mighty L taking place. The score was 28-6. to And Vontae Davis, who has been in the league for about 10 years, I think, got to halftime and decided to retire when they were down 22 points. He retired. Right there in the middle of the game. Of course, football fans are shocked and appalled that something like this could ever happen. What happened to team spirit, they say. Um, Played until the end, they say. But Vontae said, I'm done. And where is the exit? Now, I want to start by saying this. Um, I understand all of that rah-rah team spirit stuff. But I would just like to submit for your consideration that Vontae was in the middle of playing a game. He was 22 points down. Have y'all seen football? Okay, real quick. I was going to do a workout plan, and the workout plan was to run 100 yards 10 times in the morning and then to repeat that in the evening. Chad, I must have let that—y'all that, can keep my money. That's a donation because I ain't going to never be running 100 yards 10 times in the morning and in the night. Okay, but Vontae does this all the time. And Vontae was looking at that score, and Vontae was looking at his knees, and Vontae was feeling his back, and Vontae was feeling his shoulders, and he was looking at how much work it was going to take to even come out from that hole. And he said, I'm done. And listen, I know y'all want people to stay until the end and y'all want them to get their life together and all of that stuff. And and I think that there is a lot of merit to that. But I don't think that we can drag him for like being like, I'm tired. Shoot. Now, now, first of all, act like 
Y'all ain't never just quit in the middle of something because you didn't bit off more than you could chew. Now, I've been in a situation where I bit off more than I could chew and I thought I was going to be able to do it until I realized I couldn't do it. And when I realized I couldn't do it, I had to stop in the middle of doing it because, child, I can't do it. I'm just wondering if we could be a little bit more gracious towards him because he's finished now, okay? Now, um, Denise says, I'm from Buffalo and I understand. Yeah, I guess so. Cynthia says, let that man live his life. That's kind of how, Alicia says, I applaud his courage. Now that's what the gag is. The gag is I applaud his courage too. See, because some of us been signed up for some stuff that we don't really want to do, but because we want everybody to feel good and we want to make sure we don't disappoint anybody, we be playing stuff out. I want to prophesy Avante Davis spirit over some of y'all in this season that maybe you would just be like, you know what? I can't do it. When is a good time to say I can't do it? Okay. If you are afraid of disappointing people, like when is a good time? Now I tell you, I would like to rescue him. And when he gets on the boat, I want to tell him next time, if you are suspecting that you are going to quit in the middle of doing something, because he, first of all, this is why I think we should rescue him because he didn't just decide to quit right there in the halftime. That's when he activated what he had been knowing about his desire to, oh, I feel a word coming. See, because you don't just make decisions. People don't just wake up and decide to get divorced. People start letting it marinate in their mind. People don't just decide to quit their job. It marinates in their mind. People don't just decide to have major life changes that are within their control. It marinates in their mind before they actually activated. The only thing is that when you activate it, you don't know where you're going to be and what season you're going to be in when you decide to activate what you know. Unfortunately, to to the team and everyone else, he activated what he knew in a time that wasn't convenient to other people, but it must have been convenient for him. And I just think, listen, who am I? Nobody. But I just think that we should consider rescuing him because he had the courage to do what a lot of us ain't done yet. Uh, Sharon says, yes, rescue him. He knew when to fold him. Jaleesa says, I mean, I've quit a job. That wasn't my calling in the middle of the job. Kelly Alexander says he should have just sat on the sideline until the end of the game. Now, it's a word to that, possibly. Now, I'm going to give you that one. That there was that, that was an option as well. But I, I think that part of the reason why he probably couldn't just sit on the sideline, and once again, I don't know him, never seen it. Honey, he could walk in this closet right now, and I'm going to call the police on him because I don't even know what he looked like for real, for real. But what I'm going to say is this. Sometimes you wait. so Man, this is such a word. Sometimes you wait so long to do what you know to do that you don't even have grace to leave quickly. I know this word is for somebody. You have been waiting so long to do what you know you're supposed to do that you don't even have grace to do it properly any longer. There's a difficult conversation you need to have with a friend. There's a difficult, um, you know, situation that's happening at work. And if you aren't careful, you will wait until you just allow yourself to be mounted up with so many emotions and so much pressure that you just explode and you don't do it the way that is a reflection of your heart. You don't play football for 10 years and want to leave that way. You don't want that to be your legacy that you quit in the middle of a halftime game. But maybe he should have, maybe it was in his mind to quit a couple years ago, but he kept playing and kept playing and kept playing until finally he was like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. And they was like, cool, you can just leave after the game and he's or leave after this season. He's like, no, I'm finna leave right now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Rashada says, you can't wait for the season to be right for others. 
LaRonda says, he said, I'm going to give it till halftime, then I'm out. Okay. I don't, I'm just saying. Um, Benya says he gets rescued simply because that's funny. Alexis King says, you got to be unapologetic about your growth. He said what he said. Yeah. I mean, Ajan says we can rescue him. Lauren Richardson's I quit Lauren Richardson says I quit my job in the middle of the day. Listen, when it's time to go, get a LeBron James spirit, grab your bag and go. I'm telling you, I'm just saying this is what I'm saying. I think we should rescue him. I know. I know we um Brian, we are talking about Vontae Davis, who is a football player for the Bills, who walked out when he was in the middle of a halftime loss. Okay. Crystal Robinson says, I'm sorry, I've quit before. I know better now. Yet sometimes when you don't listen to that spirit slash gut screaming and you do it anyway, because this was not his first time feeling he was not supposed to run out on the field, he did and realized, no, nah, I'm done. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, okay. Vania, gather me together. Vania said, Auntie Sarah, you keep pronouncing my name wrong. LOL is Vania. Vania. First of all, she spelled it phonetically. If you want me to pronounce your name correctly, listen, I didn't finish college. I don't know all of these names and all of these pronunciations. Y'all gonna have to tell me how to say it. Vania, I got you. Okay. Listen, invite me back to the cookout. I'm bringing a potato salad. Okay. Jay Brown says we can rescue him, but would he have left if the team was winning? Maybe, but we ain't talking about the team winning. People don't walk away from relationships when they in the middle of their anniversary dinner. They walk away when he didn't cheated again. We can't, I mean, that's, you know what I mean? When you get reminded of why you over it, that's most of the time when we leave. When the last time you left her, <laughs> I'm being me again. When is the last time that you left in the middle of your relationship being at a high moment instead of when you were reminded of the raggedy nature of the individual that you were with instead? That's all I'm saying is that he was like, man, this is why I didn't want to do this no more. And I just thought that maybe, just maybe we could turn the corner, but here we are down 22 points and my knees is hurting and my shoulders hurt is hurting. And if this is going to be like all of the other stuff I didn't signed up for, then baby, let me tell you, where is the dough. Okay. Angela B. Grace says, sometimes you wait so long to do something, you no longer have the red carpet of grace to step out on. Mm. All right. Okay. Um, so Jacqueline says that she thinks that he should be rescued because I feel the same way. I think that he should be rescued too. That's what I think. I think that it's, it's worthy of a rescue. Um, Jay Brown says, that's a test of character. There's still a right and a wrong way to remove yourself from a difficult situation. You pray for grace to leave in strength. All I'm saying, girl, I agree with you. I'm, I agree with you. Totally. Don't let my clown fool you. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying the point of this segment is not about when we do things the right way. It's when we do things the wrong way, but we take a minute to at least look and have compassion for things that could have been done better. But I'm with you. It, it, it's, it was a, it, there was a better way for that to happen, but it went down the way it went down. Um, Rashada says, rescue him and his hurting knees and his hurting body. I agree. Okay, it sounds like we can rescue him. Okay. Okay. Whew. Jasmine Newton, definitely a rescue because we've all been there. John says, but maybe send the floaty since he got time now. Oh, you know what? You're right. We're not going to necessarily gas up the jet because gas is too high. And you know, they say the economy is about to turn on us. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to send them a floaty because you got time and you got muscles. So you can use them muscles to move on down, move on through them, move on through them waters. Okay. All right, child. So we're going to rescue him. 
Y'all rescued Mackenzie. The jury was still out for me. It sounds like I don't think we we rescued the Georgia school, but we drowned the paddle. And so that concludes our Rescue Eve segment of the Woman Evolve podcast. Whew, we had a lot going on, child. I've ran off on a tangent a few times, but I'm back at it. All right. So the next segment of the Woman Evolve podcast is a segment we like to call Hail Mary. Hail Mary is when we take a moment to just celebrate some of the accomplishments that are taking place amongst women in the news and culture. Uh, Just like Rescue Eve, occasionally there is a man who slides his way in, and so we call that Hail Joseph, Mary, and Joseph. You may be wondering, where is this whole Eve, Mary, Adam, Joseph situation coming from? It's coming from the word, child. Adam and Eve in the garden did some things that they should not have done, but God had grace for them, and so when we rescue our Adams or rescue Eve. It's because it's our way of just saying, listen, you could have done better. You didn't do better, but that's all right. There's going to be a plan. It's all going to work out. Hail Mary and Hail Joseph is when you do something that is worthy of being celebrated. You overcome your own insecurities and your own fears, and you show up in a way that ends up blessing other people, much like Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her fiance, and then husband, Joseph. All right. So my first Hail Mary for this week is Carrie Hilson. Now, I don't know if you all saw this story, um, but I saw it and I thought that it was worthy of us bringing up on the podcast. So Carrie Hilson is a singer who had some songs that I personally, I would sing them for you right now, but she could actually sing. And God has not yet touched my vocal cords in the way that I have asked him to. But he is a prayer answering God, and I believe that he's going to be on time. Uh, sooner or later. Anywho, Carrie Hilson says, "Um, sure, I'd like to be married someday, but not enough to do it with the wrong person. So if you ever see Carrie walk down that aisle, even if I'm old and gray, you can rest assured I didn't settle. And this is what got her a Hail Mary because someone came through and was like, do you think your expectations are too high? And you know what she says? Um, She said back to this responder, to have a man compliment my life who was equally yoked in the things that matter, like loyalty, virtue, depth, compassion, and love and respect for God, someone who understands healthy relational boundaries and pushes me to be my best self while supporting each other's dreams, someone who truly loves himself and has dissolved his ego, someone who has evolved from his lower self and constantly evolving, someone who has learned his lessons and strives to be a great human being, someone who holds my heart carefully and treats me well, who values and honors love, someone who is wise enough to lead me? Nah. And I don't think God puts anything in our hearts that we are not capable of having. Let me tell you something. I gave her a Hail Mary for that because, listen, honey, she told them about what she want to be in her life and things that she want to have in her world. I just think that single women are often challenged with this notion of, are your standards too high? And, you know, maybe you should lower your standards so you can get somebody like... She didn't say he need to be 6'10", he need to do this, and he need to have this many zeros in his bank account. She's not asking for something unreasonable. And to think that women are single because they need to lower their standards and maybe accept something that is less than what they're seeking for, I feel like that's just like a cop-out thing to say to single women. Like, maybe it's you. Like, you're single 
first of all, it's a stranger talking to her. Like, you don't, I don't know. or But, but maybe she was asking a legitimate question and not being a hater. But still, like, the notion of I'm still single, so there's something wrong with me and something that I need to do in order for me to have someone in my life, I think is just so fraudulent on so many levels. Sometimes we're still single because I haven't met anyone who was worthy of me giving my heart to. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if you believe that you have the convictions and that the convictions you have about your relationship are possible, then I think that you should hold on to them things because, listen, I was blessed and that by the time I got my mind together and stopped being raggedy and, you know, I had to get a divorce because I was being raggedy, but then I was by myself and I was waiting on that person to come into my life. God brought me someone who met that standard and criteria, but before I met him, I met some raggedy people. I met some raggedy people with big checks. I met some raggedy people with good jobs. I met some raggedy people who would have been all right to look at, I guess. But let me tell you something, they were still raggedy. And by raggedy, I don't mean that they didn't have any money. I didn't mean that they weren't going to be anything. They were raggedy because they was playing games and wasting my time and trying to make me believe stuff that I wasn't even fit to believe. And so I waited and God brought someone to my life. I don't know how long she's been waiting, but I just don't think that anyone should just turn their turn their standards down. Okay. So she was my Hail Mary. Marquiana says the right one is worth the wait. Asia Lynn says you show right. She wanted what she needs, not based on looks or personality. I love this. Marquisha Gray says I love Carrie for that. Me too. I thought that was something really dope. And like, don't, don't, don't try and ask me are my standards too high. Um, Cynthia says, I feel like that train of thought is too common in the church. As a single person, it's a horrible feeling to hear people try to put it back on you like it's your fault you're single because you have standards. Like, that's so raggedy. Like, okay, I'm still single. Maybe I'm still single because I'm not ready. I'm still single because I want to be healed and I want to be a, a good partner to the person God has for me. I'm still single because I haven't met anyone who was worth me sacrificing who I am right now in order for us to become one. Because let's not get it twisted. When you decide to be with someone, you are going to become one with them. In order to become one with them, you're going to have to have parts of you be sacrificed with parts of them. And the problem that most of us have is that we end up sacrificing parts of us that we value with parts of someone else who we wish we could change. And so it ends up diluting our own self-esteem and our own confidence. I decided that I was going to keep myself until I met someone that was worthy of me sacrificing a piece of me for them now. Anisha Booker says, I love it. I'd rather wait than settle for less than who has been created for me. Exactly. Demetra says, I'm still single because I want to be whole. Exactly. Like we be forcing, it's just like forcing a married couple to have babies. Like they just got married and we're asking them when they're going to have babies. When they feel like it, let's get out of people's uterus and out of their sex life. They can have a child when they want to have a child. Do you know how hard marriage is? Do you know how much of a foundation you need to have before you get married? And we just rushing people into this picture and into a Christmas card, but we ain't going to be babysitting. I don't have nothing on your daycare. I don't have nothing on your diapers. So you know what? You wait and have a child when you feel ready. And when people tell me they don't want to have kids, I'm not the person like, oh, why? Why you don't want to have no kids? No, I'm going to mind my business because kids are a whole 24-7 job. And if you don't want to have no kids, then that's on you. I'm going to mind my business and take care of these six that I got, Okay. Toya says, I lowered my standards once before and I am not going to do it again. I sacrificed so much and lost myself, but I'm back. 
That's important for people to know, Toya, and I'm glad you said those. Those last two words are the words that people need to know. No matter how much of yourself you sacrifice to people who are not worthy of the investment of you, you can always get those pieces back. Like God is a restorer. He will add to you. You will be better than you were before because you will be armed with wisdom and boundaries that you did not have as a result of the heartbreak that you went through. So that's another, because I feel like that's what keeps people from walking away from relationships is that they end up feeling like I gave so much of myself that I can't just walk away. When in reality is that if you walk away, you can begin to get yourself back. Otherwise, you're going to continue to just pour more of yourself into something that's already not working. Brianna Custer says, you don't know what their story is and where they came from and or experience. Go, Carrie. Totally true. Janessa Straker says, God is hiding me from the nonsense. It's a word, Bishop. Shanika says, I swear people live vicariously through others. That's why they pressure them to do so many different things. So, so true. So, yes, we're giving a Hail Mary to Carrie Hilson for that one. I also wanted to give a Hail Joseph to Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin recently posted that he has been reunited with his father. Just to give you a little bit of backstory, evidently his biological father and biological mother gave him up for adoption when he was just a baby. And he had never, I don't remember whether or not he met his biological mother, but like just a few days ago, he got a call that his biological father only had three to six months to live. He spent his entire life really just proving that he would never be like him and throwing all of his actions and momentum into distancing himself from him. And he said in his post that what he should have actually been doing was working on forgiving him. And so there's a picture of him kissing his father. And I really thought that was powerful. You know, um, not everyone is fortunate to have this cookie cutter idea of what it means to have a family. And there are a lot of wounds and issues that come as a result of feeling like you haven't been accepted. You know, like, it's one thing to be rejected by your peers, but when you have to deal with the rejection of the people who brought you into this world, not wanting you, you don't always understand the circumstances that may have led them to place you for adoption or whether they abandoned you because of a drug problem or, or maybe they ended up in jail. Like there are all these different type of circumstances that can make a child feel abandoned. But the truth is that that feeling of abandonment is really just a symptom. It's not the actual disease, but the child ends up making that abandonment their dis-ease, but it was really just a symptom of an issue that that parent was having. And that's something I've talked to my biological kids about as we just deal with, you know, parental relationships and them not being everything that you expect them to be, is that like what you are experiencing is a symptom of that person's disease. And it is not, it doesn't have to become your disease if you can see it properly. You can see that this abandonment is actually protection so that you can really have a safe place to become and to develop. You know, there are some people who can't be in your life where you'll pick up on that poison that is within them or you'll pick up on the insecurities that are within them. As disappointed as you are that they may not be in your life, you can be more disappointed if they were actually there. And so that's something that we're constantly navigating through. But what I loved about this 
this post from Kirk Franklin was just that it was evidence that no matter what happens, that once again, restoration is possible. He may not have been throwing the ball with him as a little boy. They may not have been eating ice cream cones, but he didn't leave this earth without looking the man who brought him into this earth, into the eye. And listen, and this is what we challenge our kids to do, is like he got to, as an adult, give his father something. And that's honoring your father and your mother. He got to honor his father by giving him forgiveness. He got to honor what has to be, because listen, you don't just walk away from your kids and it's nothing. Like you deal with that and live with that every single day. And for your child to turn around and still bless you, like you called me blessed. You gave me forgiveness. You're showing me love, even though I didn't deserve it. And I just felt like that was so dope. So yeah, that's, that's hail Joseph. That's hail Joseph for me. Um, Brianna Custer says, uh, yes, I was hoping you saw that. Tina says, oh, wow, that's awesome. Misha Beer says, I never looked at it like that. Yeah. Jay Brown says, the act of forgiveness is one of the most powerful ways to connect to God. It can be so difficult to forgive, but once you have forgiven, it's so freeing. Praise God. Amen. I totally agree. Desiree says, they're loving you the best they can with the tools that they have. Forgiveness helps you realize that. And it's a it's a process. It's a journey. So like, it takes time and you have to constantly remind your mind of the decision your heart has made. So you can tell in your heart, I forgive you, but my mind is still walking it out. So when those thoughts come up, I'm going to have to remind, literally reform my mind into the decision that I won't even say my heart, but into the decision my spirit has made. That is really what it comes down to when we talk about living a spirit-led life. Like my spirit has decided that I'm not going to deal with depression. My spirit has decided that I am ready to take care of my body. My spirit has decided that it's time for me to forgive, but I still have the mental and the physical aspect of walking out what my spirit has decided. And sometimes my mental and my physical, they need tools to walk out the decision that my spirit has made. That may mean counseling, that may mean therapy, that may mean rehab, that may mean changing my diet. Like there are all these different tools that are available to our minds and to our physical to activate what we receive in church. So church, like a lot of times we we go to church, we have the inspiration, our spirit is moved to make a decision, but then we get confused because our mental and our physical have to walk out that decision. And, and it there's a struggle there, but the struggle isn't there to convince you that you didn't receive a word. The struggle is there to activate you, to get the tools that you need to make what your spirit has decided manifest in your life. And when you get in the practice and rhythm of doing that, it makes things a lot better. I was really, I was really, that was really a tangent, but it's, it's true. Okay. And Natasha says you're dropping gold bars. Praise the Lord. That was, I mean, I was really out there, but that's, it's something. Um, Shahala says that's something I have to work on. I know God is working on it. Yeah. Like you can receive a word and that's beautiful, but you have to activate that word and don't feel bad if activating that word requires you look for tools and, and resources and help from other people. Okay, so yeah, so Kirk Franklin was my Hail Joseph. I've got a Hail Mary. 19 Black women in Harris County are running for judge. I just so bomb. I saw that picture. I thought it was amazing. And then my last one is Cynthia. I think her name is Cogdale. 
But Cynthia Cogdale is a retired school teacher, and she has made news because she noticed that the kids at her school were struggling with like lining up and being ready for school. And so she decided to help everyone out. And by everyone, I mean everyone (laughs) out by helping them get ready. Let me read you this story. So Cynthia, and this was sent to me by Jamie. Jamie always smiling is what she goes by on Facebook. But she's a retired third grade English teacher of 30 years, and she continues to dedicate her life to children in D.C. When Cynthia first began walking her grandbabies to school, to the school bus, she noticed concerning behavior. Big kids would knock down the little ones to be first on the bus. Fights would happen, and some kids would show up without having a breakfast. But all that changed. She soon began lining the kids up to get on the bus, providing Pop-Tarts and Capri Suns for the ones that hadn't ate. And on snow days, she'd usher the kids inside her home while she scoped out for the bus. And when parents couldn't arrive on time to pick up their kids, Miss Cogdell would provide dinner and get into teacher mode where it was straight up homework and lessons. Her daughter says she's been doing this for years because she just loves kids. I absolutely love that story. So we definitely wanted to give a shout out to Cynthia Cogdell because like, listen, man, Wow. Okay. That is just, I just, amazing. Um, I thought that was just super, super dope. So Cynthia Cogdell is my Hail Mary, her dedication to children and just seeing things go well and to really just the community is amazing. LaShawn says, yes, love this story. Braised by Keisha says, yes, that's so sweet. I totally agree. Cynthia says, oh my OMG, what a beautiful soul and asset to her community. I, y'all playing. I'm going to have Mackenzie sitting at a bus stop in D.C. Y'all ain't even going to understand how she got there. I'm going to just be like, we looking for Cynthia Cogdale to help get her life together because boy. Okay, so yes, those were my Rescue Eve and Hail Marys. That went a little bit longer than I anticipated, but forgive me, I got excited. I love y'all and stuff. It's time for our advice column. Our advice column is when we take a moment and answer the questions that people have sent me on Instagram. A lot of you all heard me and we answer a lot of relationship questions, but I also ask for people to send me things that were a little bit different. And we got a question that isn't necessarily like, should I break up with him? Because that's a lot of the relationship stuff I get is like, I feel like we're not supposed to be together, but I don't know what you think. And I'd be like, girl, if you feel like that, y'all probably not supposed to be together. But this one was a little bit different. So here it goes. And this is about blending a family. So I can't wait to hear what you all think about this. It says, hey, girl. So I hear this is the place to admit to you for life advice. I have been with my husband 12 years, married to We have two children together, and he has two children from previous relationships. When it comes to his older children, I've always felt I've been inclusive, but admit that I haven't been overly involved. Honestly, I never wanted to intrude on their relationship or step on anyone's toes. Anyways, at this point, I feel as though my husband wants to exclude me from parts of his life, and I'm not down for that after 12 years. My stepdaughter recently asked him to babysit while she went out to a game, like eight hours. Of course, he said yes without even checking if I had anything going on, which is whatever, I guess, if he was the one that would be 
watching the baby, right? Mind you, my babies are two and six. My life is crazy as a working mom. I made the comment that I thought it was rude of her to ask him to babysit for so long, knowing he wasn't going to be doing it, and rude of him to volunteer me without checking with me. He goes on a rant about my daughter, my grandson. You always been jealous of her. I am completely turned off by this. After 12 years, girl, please calm my soul about this one. Was I out of line? Were they out of line? Why is this even a thing? Um, so here's what here's what I was thinking. When I was reading this letter, I was thinking to myself, man, um, this could go a lot of different ways. And I felt like um, at first I thought, well, oh, you know, it takes a village to raise a family. And sometimes you have to pitch in and it might be awkward at first. But those are the types of things that build family. But then I was really thinking, and I think your last question is what stood out to me. And she says, why is this even a thing? And what I learned from that last question that I want to share with you that I think is necessary for us to know when we are blending a family is that like we have to have a vision for the family. And by a vision, I mean that like we have to discuss like what are our views on parenting, on babysitting, and how are we going to have a conversation that allows for us to both have peace when these types of things come up. So when I was reading your your letter, I thought if I were you, I would not make it about this incident alone. What I would do is just pan out of the shot and make it about us really wanting to blend this family in a way that is respectful of everyone involved. So what is our plan for our family? Okay, you know, it sounds like you need more help with the kids, especially if they're going to be added people into the environment. And I think that there's an opportunity for you to express that to your husband, you know. And you know what? I always try to start with humility. Um, For me, I say, you know what? I think I overreacted about this. This is what I would say if I were you, because humility disarms everything um, because you're not fighting to be right. You you are wanting to be heard. So this is what I would say. I would say, um, I know we had an argument yesterday about your daughter and the kids and babysitting. And the more that I think about it, I realized that what happened was um, really just just everything becoming explosive because we haven't had a conversation about how we want to blend the family. So I apologize because I didn't react in a way that was conducive to our marriage and relationship. But I do have some concerns that are worthy of us discussing. As we move forward, we've been together for 12 years. We were married now for two. And as we move forward and determine what family looks like for us, you know, there are some things that I would like you to consider. And I'm sure you have things that you want me to consider. You have to be intentional about blending a family. You don't just get to put labels on people and all of a sudden a family happens. Like we allowed our children to date. So like, I want to get to know your daughter better. Perhaps your daughter wants to utilize me as a resource when she wants to do things. Those types of, you know, benefits are a result of relationships. It's not just because I'm here. And so let's start having them over for dinner. Let's have game night. Let's go to the movies. Let's start with activities that allow for everyone to be somewhat distracted, but at least together. And then that way we can begin warming up to one another. And secondly, if you decide that you would like us to help with the baby, I would appreciate you asking me. I do have a lot of responsibilities. And when I don't have responsibilities, I don't 
necessarily want to have any responsibilities. So if you're going to shift that, I'm going to ask that you help and be a part of it and that you also consider me. I don't know. That's what I would say. Um, But I'm going to turn it to my Facebook Live audience because they be knowing stuff. LaShawn Bush says he was wrong for not asking first. I don't question that. I do think he was wrong, but I don't think like... I think he was wrong for not asking first, but I think if we make it about that, we made it too small. I think that the bigger picture is that we need a vision for this family. We need a vision for how things like this are going to be handled and conducted so that moving forward, we're never in this situation before. Like, I think it's common decency to ask before before signing me up to do anything. But I think, you know, some of the things that he says, like, you've always been jealous of her. Like, to me, that sounds like there are underlying issues that don't have anything to do with baby sitting. Because like, for real, for real, if everything is above board and we have a good relationship and things have been discussed, like, yes, it was inconsiderate. You should have asked me first, but that should be the end of the conversation. But if jealousy is being brought up and 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 she's admittedly saying she hasn't necessarily been all in because she wanted to have some boundaries. I think it sounds like they're still learning how to do life with one another. And there's one train of thought that you can learn as you go. But there's another train of thought that says these are some things that have happened. And if we're going to move forward in our marriage and in our family, I think that we should have a plan on how to handle these things in the future. Shaninka says, I definitely think that communication as a family is important. Oftentimes, it's a lack of it that creates most issues. Maureen says he was dead wrong. He needs to check with you first, period. I agree, but, you know, I, I, that's all I'm saying. Okay, Kena says, I agree, sis. Kelly Alexander says, a conversation has to take place between his children and the wife. They have to communicate to make it work. Absolutely. Deshaun Gill says, definitely underlying issue. The, hot, the daughter has to be saying something. You know, one of the things that I did as we were blending our family, um, you know, as moms, you know, we tend to be a little bit more involved in our family with like the day-to-day activities. So my, you know, bonus children's biological mother and I, you know, when we first got married, like I didn't know if I could talk to her about like you know, activities and like what's the schedule and what's dinner. But, you know, we tried to go through my husband a few times, but because of how busy he is, there would be moments where we, you know, he just couldn't handle the back and forth communication. And so finally, I just reached out to her and I'm like, listen, you know, we're probably going to be responsible for this aspect. And so if it's okay with you, I can reach out to you directly. You can reach out to me directly and we can kind of partner in making sure whatever the kids needs happen. Now, I I could have said like, oh, I'm going to keep my hands off of it because I don't want her to be sensitive and I don't want her to be this. But because we have a vision for our family and ultimately that is to create an environment for our children to become everything that God has called them to be, I had to be willing to risk vulnerability because that's what it is to risk vulnerability by putting myself out there and, and risking her rejecting me or her saying something that could have hurt my feelings. But luckily that didn't happen. And I think that when you come from a vulnerable place. Like it's, I think especially like when you're a bonus parent in a situation, you wonder where you fit. And so for me, I know personally, like I like backed off completely because I didn't want to be forcing myself into something and feel like I was being rejected. But that kind of became 
that wasn't the best way to play it out either because God's called me into this family for a reason. So if I'm in this family for a reason, I have something to add. I just have to figure out what I add. And the only way I can do that is being open to to connection and open to having conversations to just figure out what I add. So that's all. Akra says they need to communicate. He may have been he may have taken her standing back as disinterest or jealousy while she didn't intend it that way, for sure. And I just think whenever you start with humility, things tend humility and vulnerability, things go a lot better. Like I would legit be like, you know, I, in the 12 years that your father and I have been, this is me talking on her behalf. In the 12 years that your father and I have been together, I've been a little bit distant because I just wasn't sure how you felt about us being together. I wasn't sure that there was a place for me in your life. And now we're married and, and I'm raising these kids and I want them to know you and I want to be here to help you raise your children. And so I want to invite you over for dinner. I want to get to know you better. And then I think it makes things like that less awkward so that she can, because she's probably knows for the most part you were going to be helping with the kids, but she doesn't have that relationship with you, but you get to create that as well. Okay, that's it. Natasha says, I have a great respect for you. Oh, thank you. Wisdom like this is priceless. Uh, Ty says, that is such great advice. And I wish I had that advice three years ago, but it's not too late. You know, we we learn as we go. And sometimes we don't know better until we've done things in a way that we wish that we could change. But it's never too late. I think vulnerability really, it'll, it helps everything. Tarsha says, use an I statement telling your husband your feelings and what you would like to happen when situations like these arrive. I totally agree. Instead of being like, you should have done this. You should have did this. You know, I think you just say, I was disappointed because I intended to do this. Like, I... I apologize. I apologize. I didn't respond correctly. I didn't respond in a way that is a reflection of how I feel about you and how I feel about our family. I responded the way that I did because I was hurt. I was disappointed. You know, like using those words to really explain where you are and not saying what they should have done is better. Okay. All right. I feel like this episode is long and that I'm just rambling. My next question, saints and friends, are you ready? This is one that I cannot wait to hear from the Woman Evolved delegation about. It says, hey, Sarah, I am writing to submit a question for the podcast. I am battling the issue of celibacy. I want to do it. I feel the need to do it, but I go back and forth about whether to do it. I know there is an anointing on my life, and I feel this will be the largest sacrifice ever to plunge forward into my walk with God. But the I can do what I want, God knows my heart side of me comes out every time. Any words of advice? So, um, you know, I grew up in church, and so I could definitely give you like the whole, you know, the holiness is right, get your life together. Um, you know, if you feel like you're supposed to do it, you are supposed to do it and anything, you know, like I could tell, I could hit you with all of that. And if you want me to, I can hit you with all of that. But I have a different take on how to handle um, sex and relationships and the need, the legitimate need for celibacy. And I think it has less to do with don't do it because you shouldn't and more to do with recognizing the power of what sex is. So like, let's keep it 100. Like there has never been a time when you have had 
I will say never. I'm I'm speaking on people's behalf and I'm being maybe I'm being a little extra, but I'm going to say never. When you have had sex with someone other than who God has placed you on the earth to be with, it usually messes with your mind. It messes with your heart, it messes with your decision making. And when we understand that you are literally it goes back to that sacrificing a part of yourself in exchange for a sacrifice of someone else. When you have sex, that's literally what's happening with sex. Like your spirits are intertwining. And most of the time we intertwine spirits with people who we don't think very highly of. Yes, they might be attractive. Yes, they might look good. Yes, they might have something. But for the most part, they a lot of times they don't have integrity. They don't have honesty. They don't have any of these other things. And that gets down in your spirit. And now you're wondering why I have an integrity issue. And maybe I'm. you're saying, you know, I'm still loyal to my friends. I don't have an integrity issue. Well, you do because you are cheating on the person who God has called you to be. And you are cheating on the person who God has called you to be because you are intertwining with people who God is trying to pull you from. And as long as you cheat on that heaven version of yourself, you will never experience the destiny and the blessings attached to your name. Yes, celibacy can be challenging when you've already had sex. But when you realize the more that I deny that flesh, the more that I deny that urge, the stronger I become in my spirit because I have to protect what's happening on the inside of me. That's what, listen, celibacy is about protection. It is about protecting who you are becoming. It is about protecting who God has called you to be. It is about protecting and preserving. There has never been a time, and listen, now you know I am not talking from the high horse girl because listen, okay, but there has never been a time in my life where I had sex outside of marriage with my husband where I didn't end up feeling like I had just missed the mark. And because I felt like I missed the mark, it became easier and easier to miss the mark until my greatest challenge was doing what was right. And so it takes exercising your spirit and exercising those decisions to really become strong enough to do it. But I'm telling you, like, when you see it as protection and not just this black or white law, when you see it as a part of you um, just recognizing who you have the power to become, if you overcome this desire and this um, urge, then it makes it easier to say no. So my question, my, well, my challenge to you is to become celibate to other people, but to begin to make love to yourself and and not touching yourself, child, but to literally fall in love with yourself. Because as you fall in love with yourself, you will become so enthralled with who you are and who you have the potential to become that you won't just give it away to anyone for a feeling because a feeling is cheap. Feelings come and feelings go. When you get married, sometimes the feeling just be like you be looking for a feeling. Like it's not about a feeling. It is about who you get to become when you put yourself to the side from anyone's touch and decide instead to only be in a relationship um, with who you have the potential to become. And then God brings someone into your life, your husband, you know, or your wife, whoever God has called you to be with. And for me, like, this is, oh, I need to get off of this podcast. My husband opened my eyes to what it's supposed to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm just going to say it that 
I thought, my husband says, sex outside of God's plan is a distraction that weakens the person. It is. And 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 he is here. So praise the Lord, because I need him to help get me out of this hole, because I, I chose this question. But I'm just saying, listen, honey, honey, you cheat on who God has called you to be when you have sex with people other than who God has called you to be with, okay? Because, listen, you— Okay, so this is what I wanted to tell you, though. So there's a book that I've been reading. I haven't finished it all, but I think that it is worthy conversation for those who are married and those who are working towards celibacy and perhaps those who are even struggling with sex right now. In that book, I'm still reading it, but I like what I've read so far. It's called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot, and it's by Mo Isom. And I like so far how she is defining sex and the power of sex, and I think that it's definitely worthy of you all taking a read. Um, so, yes. Um, Cynthia wants to know, can we have a singles episode? Yes, child. Um, we can. We need a singles episode and a beauty episode. Um, Natasha Kelly says, teach Sarah. This is good. I'm trying. I'm wading in the water out here, okay? Um, yes. Amen. I'm going to stop. So, because <laughs> I was out here. But I will just say, as a single woman, um, when I was a single woman, I made the decision to enter into celibacy because I did not trust myself with myself. I didn't trust my decision making. I didn't trust who I was when I would just give myself away. And I didn't I just didn't want to be her no more. Like she would just be looking for some something or someone to make her feel better. And I just didn't want to think that sex was going to have any control over my life because it, it does become control. Lust becomes control. And I didn't want anything to be in control of me except for God. I had tried everything else and I always ended up hurt. And so I just think that, that that's got to be, you have to have a revelation of it for yourself. My husband says, sex is a cloud and the cloud typically fogs us from seeing all the things that are wrong with the person and how irrelevant the relationship is to your destiny. Child, you didn't spoke a word. They're asking me, what's the name of the book? I'm going to type it in the comments of this section. Actually, I'll put a link of it. I'll put a link on here. Um, so far it's been a really good read for me and I'm a married woman. It just talks about even because when you've had a culture of like, you know, we live in such an oversex culture and translating sex into your marriage after you have, you know, perhaps struggled with sex, like having that proper perspective is very necessary. And I think that this book so far has really allowed for um, me to continue to renew my mind and to also help other women who I feel responsible for come to this place of revelation. So, yes. Um, that's it. Okay. That's all I got. Are y'all ready for this snack? Because y'all have woe me out on today. Okay. I'm sweating up underneath my vacation wig. Okay. I don't want to, 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 to cause a lot of waves, but I do want to help people. 
and sharing my experiences often do that. But I also recognize that my truth is not everyone's truth. And when you start talking about sex and stuff, people just want you to be like, listen, it, don't do it because that's what the Bible says. But sometimes you need something deeper than that because you need to understand what happens. Why we, You can tell me what the rule is, but unless you can tell me why the rule exists, then I'm always going to struggle with keeping the rule. And I think sometimes we as a church, have to explain why that is there. And I hope that that explained why a little bit. Okay, praise the Lord. Listen, okay, so I'm preaching on Thursday night at the Potter's House in Los Angeles, and I've been sharing with my husband that I have this word in my spirit. And this word in my spirit, I'm going to expound upon on Thursday. I literally got it just before we went live. But here it is. Okay, are you ready? It's a snack. It's going to be a full meal on Thursday. Go to the Potter's House at Los Angeles podcast on Friday so you can hear it. Okay, so here it is. All right. I am coming into a season of my life where I realize there is a difference between trying to not lose versus playing to win. Now, it could be argued that if you're trying to not lose, that eventually you will win, but your mindset is different when you're trying to not lose. When you're trying to not lose, you're basically just trying to keep your head above water. I'm just trying to do what I can to make sure that none of this falls apart. I'm just trying to do what I can to make sure that I can make it to the next day. But when you decide to start playing to win, you start securing a mindset and a strategy that ensures that success is is a just inevitable outcome. Um, and then you're not surprised when you have an achievement because you realize that I put in the plan, the discipline, and the strategy in order to make that a reality. I think that when I experience different emotional traumas in my life, that my response to those emotional traumas was just like, I got to just, I got to make sure I don't end up here. You know, every time, you know, I dropped out of college, you know, I ended up waitressing at a strip club. Like, I, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I'm just trying to make sure I don't lose, that I don't become another statistic, that I don't lose my child. Like, I just started this mindset of like, it's almost like hustling. Like, sometimes people just be hustling, 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 and they never realize that they're not actually building. Like hustling can help your ends meet. Hustling can help get you into a room, but building, it requires a different mindset. It's not just throwing all of these different things together. And um, it is allowing, playing to win is allowing all of your creativity and all of your structure to be channeled towards one specific outcome. And when you're playing to win for God, when you're playing to win in purpose, when you're playing to win so that his light can shine through you, it is a guaranteed win. And I know that guarantee can shake people to their boats because you don't want uh, in their boots because you don't want to start depending on something and it not happening. And that's what I mean by playing like you're trying to keep from losing. Because when you play like you're trying to keep from losing, you start looking at all the ways that you could fail. And because you're looking at all of the ways that you can fail, you don't see that God has already orchestrated a guaranteed win for you. So all you have to do is position your mindset and your spirit and your life in such a way that you are coming into alignment and into agreement with 
what God has already called you to conquer in this earth. And then my quest becomes, how do I become the person who can lay hold of this win? Who do I need to forgive? What do I need to do? What books do I need to read so that I can lay hold of this win? And there's momentum and resources and relationships attracted to that mindset. And I am challenged, and perhaps you are too, even more in this season to begin to shed the old ways of thinking where I'm just trying to make sure that I can get to the other side and instead come into agreement that the the other side is already assigned to me, that I am going to make it to the other side. And so what I need to do now is start playing like I'm expecting, like there's an expected end attached to my name. I need to start strategizing towards that expected end because I'm going to win and I'm playing to win. My relationships are a reflection of that. My habits are a reflection of that. My routine is a reflection of that. And more importantly, I am creating a stage when I play to win that allows other people to view how I am establishing that next dimension of who I am. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but that's where I feel. That's that's what I feel. I'm going to really get with God and and pray and really make sure that I come to a place where I you know, have clarity on it. But I really just feel like there is a difference between trying to not lose versus playing to win. As long as I'm trying to not lose, then I will settle for level one. But what if God has dimensions? What if there are more levels to this than I'm giving myself credit for? But because I'm just trying to keep my head above water, I can't see that he's called me to walk on water. And um, I'm challenged with that. You know, I started Woman Evolve the podcast and, you know, Woman Evolve the conference and Woman Evolve the store. And, you know, I just wanted to see what I could do. And then, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I was able to to recoup what I invested. I just wanted to make sure I didn't lose. And now I'm coming to a place where I'm like, okay, stop playing like you just want to see if you can and start playing like you know how to do. And because you know how to do, start getting a structure and a system and a process that is a reflection of where you believe this is headed. And um, it's challenged me for the last few weeks. I've been stressed, but listen, I'm in my closet. I got this audio together because guess what? Your girl is not just out here to lose. Your girl is trying to win in this building. Do you hear me? And so, um, yeah, stay tuned. I believe that we're going to have an incredible service on Thursday. I speak at eight o'clock Pacific Standard Time and it will be on our podcast Friday morning. But until then, the delegation has come together and the delegation must go our separate ways. Let's see what our friends are saying. Sharkia says, yes, makes perfect sense. Ashley says, that's it right there. Janae says, it made perfect sense. Thanks for this word. I'm going to go back and listen again. Marissa Moore says, I'm out here trying to win. Amen. Thanks, guys. I'm so glad that made sense because I'm still figuring it out in my head. But Thursdays, I'm on have my whole life together. All right, guys, you know how we do before this podcast is over. We don't just say goodbye. We take a minute and go to God in prayer. So God, I thank you for my sisters who are listening to this podcast. I know that you have incredible plans for their life. And I know that it costs them something to get to where they are. God, so many of them are carrying different responsibilities. Some of them feel like burdens. Some of them are blessings, yet responsibilities nonetheless. And so, God, I ask that you give them a fresh perspective on where they are now, that you would give them strategy, 
and creativity and grace to learn every lesson that is available to them in this phase and in this stage. God, let them leave no lesson behind because they're going to need all of it to manifest who you've called them to be. There are some who are struggling to build themselves in the spirit. They get a word, but then that word is taken from them by the practical side of walking it out. God asks that you give them strength, that you would give them strength to allow themselves to walk in the truth that the spirit has declared over them and that you would give them everything that they need to allow their mind and their physical to come into alignment with the word that you've spoken over their life. God, I thank you for this girl time. I needed it, and I think they did too. Until next time, keep us safe, keep us on fire, and keep us humble and vulnerable because that's when you do your best work. In Jesus' name, amen.